Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I was thinking and listening to some of the news stories this week, and I really thought that I wanted to hear more about this particular form of cancer. I know it's a downer to talk about cancer, but let's face it, we're all dealing with it in our lives. Almost everybody has, I don't know anybody that doesn't have a friend or a loved one who's either succumbed to cancer, who's battling it. Uh, who's taking medication to try and prevent, you know, another incidence of cancer. And one of the cancers that we've been hearing more about is one that I hadn't really heard that much about, and it's pancreatic cancer. Uh, Alex Trebek, of course, the longtime host of Jeopardy, uh, looked like he was had beaten it this summer, and then it resurged after he stopped taking the medications. And now Representative John Lewis, who is one of the heroes of the civil rights movement, he announced this past week that he has been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. And we are joined now by Dr. Joseph Leach. He's an oncologist with the Minnesota Oncology at Abbott Northwestern Hospital to talk to us about pancreatic cancer. Uh, Doctor, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks. It's been my pleasure. All right. Let me ask you, uh, first of all, how common is pancreatic cancer? Well, pancreatic cancer um, is not as common as some of the cancers we're more familiar with. So it's not as common as things like breast cancer and lung cancer. So it is the seventh leading cause of cancer in the U.S., so about 50,000 people a year in this country get diagnosed with breast cancer. But the impact that it has because it is such a deadly cancer, is much higher. So it's actually the third leading cause of cancer death in this country, even though it's not the most common. Well, and that's, that's why I wanted to ask you about it, because, you know, Representative Lewis announcing he's already at stage four. First of all, the pancreas, what does the pancreas do in our bodies? Yeah, so the pancreas, I think of as sort of the hub of our digestive system. So it does two really important functions. One is that it produces hormones that are necessary for life. So insulin, I think, is the one that we're most familiar with. So people with diabetes have a pancreas that's not functioning in producing those hormones. But the other role that it plays is producing digestive enzymes to allow us to digest our food. So it sits in a really um, important location, just nestled right in the middle of our abdomen, surrounded by a lot of very important structures and really big blood vessels, which makes it um, very dangerous because it quickly can grow into really important structures and really hard to diagnose because it is so deep in our body, you can't really feel it even on an exam. Wow, okay. And how big is a, pan- a normal adult pancreas? Well, if you were to um, put your finger right under your rib cage, okay. it, it ext- basically extends right across your abdomen. So it's a, about the size of a I don't know, small fish, I'd say. Small fish. Okay. Well, this is this is the land of ten thousand lakes. We can we can we all can can visualize that. Why is it so? And you mentioned one of the reasons it's so difficult to detect is because it's so far inside you. So you you go for your checkup, and the doctor's kind of you know pushing and poking at you, and you're not going to say "ow" because you can't feel it, right? Well, so there are lots of reasons why it's so sneaky. Part of it is because. You go in for a regular checkup, and the doctor gives you a clean bill of health. But 
the reality is you could have pancreas cancer and there's no way your doctor could know. It doesn't show up on blood tests. You can't really feel it. You know, I see lots of people with pancreas cancer and I've seen people with stage four and I can't even tell that they have cancer from examining them because you just can't feel it because of where it lives. Wow. And so we also don't have a screening test for it. So we don't have the equivalent of a mammogram or a colonoscopy um, just because of the anatomic location of the pancreas. So it really is a sneaky cancer. And then the other thing is the symptoms that it causes are really nonspecific and really common. So for example, a really common symptom of pancreas cancer is it causes pain in your back. I mean, how many people get pain I, in their back and dismiss it? Me? Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody gets pains in exactly. their backs, you know, but just sort of a regular pain in, your, in the middle of your back? Well, it, in retrospect, a lot of people who've had it realize, looking back, that something was wrong. But yeah, it can feel just kind of like a nagging pain. But when it really gets going, it's often described as almost a knife-like pain, like someone is stabbing you. Oh, okay. But by the time it gets that bad, usually the tumor is pretty far advanced. So it is really a difficult problem. Right. So it's, it's a pain in your back. I mean, I think that that's really a tough one because especially as we get older, I mean, I, you know, I feel like my knees are kind of giving me a, a pain, but I'm like, you know, I, I'm getting older, you know, the, the knees are probably got a little arthritis in them or something like that. I mean, I think a lot of us, you know, are, are used to kind of living with a little bit of a pain. Yeah. I guess the difference with it, and, and I mean, being a family doctor, frankly, is a really tough problem. I'm on the other end where I see people actually have been diagnosed, but how many patients does a doctor see every day who has complaints of back pain? The difference, though, is it is a pain that's typically not worse with movement. Usually if you've got a back pain, you know, it hurts if you're in certain positions or that kind of thing. It's generally nagging, so it is sort of always there and getting worse and worse. And so that kind of back pain, especially right in the middle of the back, kind of right above the belly button, um, that's the kind of back pain that's more worrisome. But oftentimes, I mean, how, how often do we dismiss that kind of symptom? So it's, it's, it's a pain that would be, I, I see what you're saying, a little bit higher right? Higher on the back than it is opposed to that lower back pain that I think a lot of people... Yeah, and higher get. and really... Um, persistent. So it often is there pretty much all the time. Um, and you're not going to see anything abnormal on x-rays or those kinds of things like you usually do to, to evaluate back pain. You wouldn't. So if, if you went in for an x-ray for, for back pain, you wouldn't see it if, if somebody had pancreatic cancer? Yeah. So, so a lot of times I see people who are diagnosed who've actually been to the chiropractor. You know, so of course they've got back pain, they go to the chiropractor, and the treatments just aren't helping. Or they go to see a physical therapist, or they go to see the regular doctor and get x-rays of their back, thinking that there's a problem with the back. Those things aren't going to help because there's nothing wrong with the back. The pain is actually coming from an organ sitting in front of the back, and it's causing referred pain. Kind of like how people, when they have a heart attack, they feel it in the arm, even though there's really nothing wrong with the arm. That's just where the body's experiencing the symptom. Right. So, so how how do you? Somebody has this nagging back pain, which I, mm-hmm. I think could couldn't be more common for a lot of people. Yeah. How do you how do you diagnose it, or how how do you actually pinpoint it? If it doesn't yeah, so show up in blood and all right. of those things. So the problem is you have to go looking for it. So usually it's a constellation of symptoms. So again, because of the function of the pancreas, the other symptoms that someone often has when they start experiencing this is along with the back pain, they may start noticing that their appetite's not quite as good as it used to be or that they're getting full faster than they used to. And a really ominous sign is if people start losing weight without trying. So if you're having back pain along with other kinds of symptoms, the only way to really find out that there's a problem is to get a scan, typically a CAT scan. 
Okay, and then that can do it. So one of the things, the key things, losing weight without trying, which I think for most people doesn't happen. So if that suddenly happens, you you should be aware of that. And when it gets to that point, is the problem that it's already so advanced that that nothing can be done? Not necessarily. So um, one of the problems with pancreas cancer, again, because it is so sneaky and we don't have a screening test, a lot of times it has spread by the time it's found. So I don't know anything specific about Alex Trebek or Representative Lewis's case, but stage four means the cancer has gotten into the bloodstream and spread to other organs. That's, so that's Representative Lewis, and I think Representative yeah. Alex Trebek as well. Right, yeah. So, so when they say stage four, that's what that means. But if we can catch it before that's happened, then potentially we can cure it. So the only way to cure pancreas cancer is to surgically remove it. And to be able to do that, it it has to have not spread to other parts of the body. And then really importantly, it has to not have invaded structures that we can't remove, like arteries and and other really important structures that live right by it. So when you talk about removing, are you removing the cancer or do you remove the entire pancreas? You know, it depends on where it is. So the pancreas actually has different parts. Most pancreas cancers start in what's called the head of the pancreas. That's really kind of the business end of the pancreas. That's where the pancreas um, deposits all of the digestive enzymes into our small intestine. That sits nestled right up against the liver. So frankly, one of the most common ways that we diagnose someone with pancreas cancer before it's spread is when the tumor pinches off the little drainage tube called the mm-hmm. bile duct that empties the liver into the small intestine, and then they get jaundice. Obviously, something's wrong then, so people go see the doctor. Um, so if we can find it and it's growing in the head of the pancreas, then we can surgically remove just that portion of the pancreas and then the small intestine around it and then leave the rest of the pancreas. And, and that, well, that's the best scenario. That's the best scenario, right? Honestly, the best scenario is when someone has a CAT scan for some other reason and we just happen to find out on accident. That, that actually you know, happens occasionally. But otherwise, it's best if someone comes in with symptoms before the cancer has gotten into the bloodstream and spread. And, and why would somebody have a CAT scan for another reason? What are some of the reasons you'd have a CAT scan? Well, we do CAT scans all the time now. You know, So if you go to the emergency room with any kind of concerning symptom, it's a good chance you're going to get a CAT scan. So, um, and, and that will catch it? Sometimes by accident, right? So sometimes by accident, just because the pancreas happens to be in the field of the scan, they'll see the tumor there. Wow. Okay. And and that and then you can remove the tumor and hopefully you you've got it in time. Why is the, why is it one of the deadlier cancers? Well, one of the problems. One of the deadliest, is, I think, is what you yeah. said. Yeah. There are a couple of problems with pancreas cancer. One of them is this whole business of it's really sneaky. You can't feel it. You can't go in and do a pancreas exam like you do a breast exam. Right. And we don't have a screening test. So one of the big problems is just so many patients are diagnosed at stage four. Oh, okay. The other problem is just the neighborhood that it grows in. So a lot of times, even if the cancer hasn't spread, it has gotten into really important structures that we just can't remove with... Um, without removing structures you can't live without. So sometimes even if it hasn't spread, it, we frustratingly still can't remove it. And then the third is just the biology of the disease. These tend to be um, cancer cells that are really resistant. So for other kinds of cancers, we have all these sexy new kinds of cancer treatments like immunotherapy and targeted therapy. Right. We just don't have anything like that for pancreas cancer. It's really chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery, kind of the old standbys. Um, and so all of those things lead to a really tough cancer to get rid of. Wow. Okay. And um, and it's you know when you think of, of just the all the advances in medicine these days, I mean that there's no 
screening like the colonoscopy or, or something like that, which is um, – I mean that's so specific where they can tell you you've got you know certain certain lumps that are not you know ca- uh, cancerous and you should come back because it's just an unusual number. I mean it just seems so specific and so high tech. Yeah. And, and to think that they have nothing there. Is there any kind of work being done to change that? I mean, I mean, has has let me ask you this. Yeah. Alex Trebek, obviously a, a beloved figure, and, and he's been very open about it. Uh, he talked about um, how his initial treatment, he was all excited because it looked like the cancer was in remission. And then so he went off the meds and then it came back. Right. And, um, you know, he, and he struggled with that ever since. And it's definitely back. But has his talking about it been made any kind of difference in terms of awareness? You know, I, I really think it has. You had a, a great point that most people just aren't familiar with pancreas cancer because it doesn't get much publicity. And I hate to say it, one of the reasons it doesn't is because there's so few survivors. I mean, there's no one who's a better advocate for cancer than someone who's beaten it. You have lots of women who have beaten breast cancer, but we just don't have many people who have beaten pancreas cancer. So it has really been fantastic that he has raised a lot more awareness of it by his being so open about talking about his own experience. So there is a lot of work being done to try to figure this problem out. And so, um, again, because the location really is challenging to screen, there are some patients we do recommend screening for, and that's patients who are genetically at risk. So there are... um, some people who are born with a high risk of getting pancreas cancer, oh, okay. um, typically if they carry a gene called the BRCA genes, we think of that as is causing that the, is that the breast BRCA? cancer. Yeah, is right. The BRCA gene? So BRCA, BRCA gene actually increases risk of pancreas cancer. Oh. And it's a significant risk a lot of people aren't aware of. And so we actually do now recommend um, screening with a type of scope that goes down with an ultrasound to look at the pancreas annually for people that we know carry that gene and have a family history of pancreas cancer. So the oh, other okay. thing that's changed, but, but and, and let me let me just yeah. get into it because the, the, the yeah. BRCA gene is is one that uh, people who have a history of breast cancer in their families. I mean, I, you know, I think people have heard about that and people making right. the decision, uh, you know, in in terms of just even before they get cancer to have you know a double mastectomy. I mean that that that's a a, a biggie. But I hadn't heard of it in terms of identifying or, or or signaling other cancers. Is it just pancreatic cancer and breast cancer that? The BRCA gene seems to signal? Yeah, so the other big one is ovarian cancer. So breast cancer and ovarian cancer are the ones that we've known the most about for a long time. We're, I think, just recently paying a lot more attention to the risk of pancreas cancer in that patient population. In fact, just last week, a drug specifically for patients with BRCA mutation and pancreas cancer was approved by the FDA. And so it's really important if you are a BRCA carrier, and especially if you have a family history of pancreas cancer, that you talk to your doctor about getting screened because we do think it makes a difference in that population. Okay. So if you have the BRCA gene for which you would have to be screened, right. uh, what, how much does that increase the possibility of your getting pancreatic cancer? So there are different kinds of BRCA mutation, actually, um, but the risk can be five-fold higher if you have wow. that gene than if you don't. So it's a pretty significant risk. And, and it also increases your risk of breast cancer, and you mentioned ovarian cancer. Right. Um, you know, I don't think most people are getting screened for the BRCA. I mean, I, I actually do know people who have gotten screened for BRCA whose 
mothers have had breast surgery and who right. who, who died at, at an early age, and so that they've gotten screened and they've determined that they've ha- ha- do have the BRCA gene. But are a lot of people these days getting screened for BRCA? I mean, I, I don't think it's something that's been offered to me. I mean, my my mother did not pass away from breast cancer, yeah. but I just I, I, you just never hear that as an option, really, or do right. you? I mean, I guess I feel like I don't, but. And this would be obviously for men too. I mean, yeah, are, are men going into their you know physicals and the doctor saying, "Hey, you might want to get screened for that BRCA gene." You know, yeah. we we know it's you know linked to breast cancer, but you didn't know that it's also linked to uh, pancreatic cancer. Yeah, so probably not. So if you go into your primary care doctor, they're probably just not as familiar with this. Um, as they should be expected, you know, not necessarily to know about that. We are really proactive, though, when people are diagnosed with pancreas cancer. So we actually recommend every single patient, no matter family history or age, with pancreas cancer gets screened for BRCA because that's really how you're going to identify people at risk is when someone gets cancer, identifying those who have it so that their entire family can get screened. So the other people who should think about getting screened, obviously, are people who have a family history of those kinds of cancers. So if you have a family history of pancreas cancer, I mean, I think it's important to ask, does anybody else in my family had other kinds of cancers? And if so, you know, I think it's worth talking to your doctor about getting screened. Right. So in other words, somebody comes into you that they're diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and you say, you know, you really should get tested for the BRCA gene. So they get tested. They've already got it. Yep. If they if they're, they are positive, does the rest of the family then kind of go, ooh, you know, yeah. uh, Dr. Leach says, you know, you know, he's got the, the, the BRCA gene. Maybe we all have the BRCA gene. That's exactly right. So, so that's where you can make the biggest impact. So unfortunately for the person with the cancer, it's too late. But you have a chance now to identify all of these other people related to them who you can be more proactive with. Okay. We're chatting with Dr. Joseph Leach. He's an oncologist uh, with the uh, Abbott Northwestern Hospital. We're talking about pancreatic cancer. It's the cancer that Alex Trebek has. And now just this past week, Representative John Lewis, of course, one of the heroes of the civil rights movement, announcing that he has stage four pancreatic cancer. You, you mentioned how deadly it is. Is it is it because once you're at stage four, the options are pretty limited at what you can do? That's part of it. You know, the reality is most cancers at stage four, at least most solid tumors, things like lung cancer, breast cancer, colon cancer. I mean, frankly, we don't have cures for any of those cancers at stage four. So that's not particularly unique right. to pancreas cancer. But the difference is exactly what you said. We just don't have as many treatments. You know, we have a couple of different kinds of chemotherapy regimens for pancreas cancer, and that's unfortunately about it. And so um, there's been a lot of work to try to find better treatments uh, for pancreas cancer. So it's so important for patients who get pancreas cancer to be willing to participate in clinical trials when available. But right now, you know, we just don't have as many bullets in the hol- in the holster as we do for other kinds of cancers, and so people just don't live as long because of that. Do women get pancreatic cancer? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay. It's a little bit more common in men, but it definitely happens to women too. Okay, and are there any ethnic groups that, that tend to get it more than others? Well, getting back to the BRCA mutation, the ethnic group that's most at risk for that is actually Ash- Ashkenazi Jews, and so we actually oh, recommend... Okay that most people of Ashkenazi Jewish heritage get checked for BRCA. Um, It's more common in Western populations, and that probably has more to do with our diet. So we definitely see it more in developed parts of the world like, you know, the U.S. and then in places that that don't have the Western diet and Western lifestyle that we have. Um, Right. Is that because of the diagnosis is better, or is it because of the Western lifestyle and diet that we have? 
I, we, it's probably the Western diet and lifestyle, okay. unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's 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 really um, that's really fascinating, and it's it, it it is fascinating to me that that there isn't that same kind of diagnosing of tools that 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 we all you know just sort of take for granted. I think that modern medicine has that there's nothing really for pancreas cancer, and that's part of the problem. Yeah. Not yet. That so. is a part of the problem. Yep. All right. Well, listen, Dr. Joseph Leach, uh, thank you so much. This really has been um, illuminating just talking about this type of cancer, and you've got two prominent individuals with it who are talking about it, and, and a credit to them for, for speaking out about it. But um, we really appreciate your time and your insights. All right. Thanks so much. All right. That's Dr. Joseph Leach. He's an oncologist uh, at Abbott Northwestern Hospital with uh, Minnesota Oncology. Uh, fascinating uh, discussion and really amazing that, that there isn't any diagnostic tool. You think they would have tools for everything these days, but yet they still don't. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 